Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packingham, and today we are starting season two of our podcast. We've been um, going since last April, and so we're coming up on a year. So that's really, really exciting. I'm so excited to speak with you again. It's been a while since we've done a podcast. We took a break um, during the Christmas holiday, and we're missing Jamie today, but I'm really happy to be here with my husband, Glenn Packingham, again. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. For some of you who've been listening for a little while, you might have heard um, the two of us do a podcast on Advent um, in November. So I, I, we got a great response, yeah. and so hopefully, hopefully you'll want to listen to Glenn again with well, me today. Well, I don't know, but we are <laughs> sitting here in our kitchen, and the dishwasher's going, and the kids are hopefully going to sleep. So we're just having a little chat, and if you hear background noises, it's just a kitchen dishwasher. Don't worry about that. That's right. Hopefully it won't be too distracting, but you know, it's normal life. All of you That's know right. all of you know how that goes. Um, so we're just kind of getting back to rhythms, and I'm sure many of you are as well after the holidays, and I mean, we're almost getting into February, so oh, we've all had a chance to try and set some new goals, or um, Glenn and I have done something called the Rule of Life, where we kind of tried to set rhythms in place to continue throughout the year. And Which, you know, people are yeah. going to hear that word, rule of life, and then freak out about it, because who likes rules? I mean, nobody gets excited about rules, <laughs> but... Uh, the idea, you know, it's from the Latin word regula, and it was a regulation or the, the thing that sort of kept uh, monasteries and monastic communities living together. And so it's, it's, it's really meant to be like a pattern, you know, mm-hmm. a pattern of practices. And, but there's, you know, there's other images for it. There's a, a guy who wrote a book that we loved a few years ago. Yeah, we, we met someone on a trip once yeah. that we happened to be roomed up with uh, a, a yeah, guy with our, an apartment, shared an apartment uh, with our yeah, with a, Europe, yeah. yeah with a pastor and um, got to know him a little bit his name is Ken Shigematsu and he wrote a book called God in My Everything that um, I think is probably one of the most simple ways of describing a rule of life if you're interested in learning more about that and um, well, he the, uses that image of a trellis yeah a trellis mm-hmm. which what is a trellis dear well. <laughs> You're from a farming uh, yes. family. One at one point, well, in, in the city, living in the city, at one point, I did try to plant a little garden box, oh, and I did have a small trellis that creeped up along the back of it that we hoped that vines uh-huh. would grow up, and the well, the roots would there would go. go in Get first, and then the vines would go up. So trellis uh, helps uh, vines and creepy things grow. Creeping things. That's grow. right. Exactly. And in, in the sense of a rule of life, it just keeps. I mean, it keeps things within bounds. It keeps a pattern of practice. I like to say it's it's a pattern of practices, mm-hmm. you know. To sort of help you, I think it it's it's a way to invite the Holy Spirit in to, yeah. to shape and form you, but gives you yeah, some sort of um, parameters for that. One A woman we know once explained it as, um, if you're going bowling, yeah. put it, putting up yeah. the bumper lanes. The bumper lanes. Yeah. Or, That's a great <laughs> yes. image. I, I really need bumper lanes when we go by. Yes. You want to share a... Yeah, so um, a scripture that when I've been thinking about this and thinking about rhythms at this time at this time of year, and I, I bet many of us are sort of trying it out now, and mm. we've already probably failed at yeah. some of the things we've attempted, but we're, we're trying to you know, get back 
get back on track and, um, <laughs> But the scripture that comes to mind is Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, mm. that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, and so I think, you know, as the scripture says, we're, we, a lot of these things I wish that I could do once and it would be done and, and right. you know, the word of God, that it would be planted in my heart and I'd be done and, and I wouldn't, it wouldn't ever, I wouldn't falter, I wouldn't yeah. stray away, but God knows us and knows our, our humanness and our sinfulness that we need to continue to come back to him, continue to, yeah. to, to get in his word day to day. And I think something back to the rule that maybe versus a goal yeah. is that a goal we could say, you know, I'm going to read this many books. And of course we talk about this in the story form all the right. time, you know, all the things we want to read. And so, you know, I, I've in the past, I've gotten in, in the pattern of having a X number, like I want to read these pages or, yeah, or I got to yeah, get through all these yeah. books, which, you know, it's, it's not, fine. it's good to yeah. have goals of getting through books. I need to, or I, I get, you know, I'll leave something sitting for too long, but rather with a uh, rhythm, you know, we could say something like one thing I had on my rule this year, I'm going to read 30 minutes a day. And so however much I get done in that time I do, but it, it helps to slow me down and keep with the rhythm rather than trying to just check all these well, things out the list. You, you know, I mean, if you, if you had a goal of say a certain number of pages or books or, you know, in a month, if you fall behind that goal then you, you tend to just give up on the whole thing. But if you're, right. if your goal is more rhythm oriented rather than, um, checklist oriented or goal, mm-hmm. like you said, goal, it's about, it's about practices rather than, than a goal. Mm-hmm. Then you just say, I'm going to put in this much time reading. And I mean, think of it as like, um, like an athlete. Say, I'm going to stay after practice and spend 15 minutes just shooting free throws or whatever it is. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be, oh, the goal is to make 100 free throws. No, the goal is just to spend 15 minutes doing that. Same thing for reading or any of these other mm-hmm. habits. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you were mentioning you, you're getting to do some actual reading that you would like <laughs> to do these days a little bit. Well, it, it is fun. I mean, I've spent the last couple of years you know, trying to work hard on, on my doctorate, and I'm near the end of it. Thank the Lord. going to go <laughs> defend it next month, uh, defend the dissertation. But it has meant that over the last couple months, I've been able to read just things that are fun and it's, it's really kind of amazing to discover how fun reading really is when you, when you don't just have to uh, put in the time and okay I got to do some research or whatever and I, and I think for our kids you know the kids are there's plenty they have to read for school and so I imagine even for them it's really difficult to think of reading as a delightful habit rather than a chore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hoping that the things that I give them to read are well, delightful. Well, yes, dear, but, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I acknowledge sometimes, you know, certain things are not depending on the child. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of habits, you know, I, I, I um, we just we just started a series at our church recently on the Psalms, and so we were talking about Psalm one the other Sunday, and uh, it, it's so interesting because. The key to this flourishing life, you know, story forms image is like a tree, you know, this flourishing yeah. tree. Mm-hmm. And, and Psalm 1 says that, that the person who doesn't surround themselves with mockers and, and the wicked and the sinful, Stop you know, earth. verse 1, yeah, don't sit, don't stand, don't, you know, walk in the way. But instead, it says, delight yourself in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. And I love both of those words, delight and meditate. To me... Delight says so much about desires. And I, I think mm-hmm. one of the things I love so much about Storyformed is 
this isn't about checking the box and getting kids to read X amount of books a year or whatever. This is about cultivating the love of learning and the love of reading and the love of character and of virtue. It's that verse that says, you know, whatsoever things are beautiful and noble and true, dwell think on these things. Think on these things. Yeah. yeah. So, so delight is an important word. But then the other word in the, in verse three there is is meditate. He meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. And and I think that's so huge because desires and habits meditate speaks to me of habits and and very often even as adults we we think well my desires are good my heart's in the right place i want to learn i love to but if we don't ever match that desire with a habit then it, it it's all for naught you know you you end up having good desires and good intentions but you never changed your practices or your rhythms you never reprioritized your life in order to own these values so you have values that you've never actually embodied because you haven't reprioritized so on the on the flip side i mean we don't want kids who just develop all these habits quote unquote you know habits of reading but there's no delight there's no right. love and then yes. the moment they don't have to they stop Mm-hmm. So delighting mm-hmm. and meditating, desires and habits. Both. Both, Both and. Both and. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, well, we want to get to talking uh, about some practical ideas, too, for our kids to develop habits of reading. We had a previous podcast. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but Jamie and I did a podcast and more near the beginning of our first season and talking about um, desiring wisdom for life as adults. Like how do we cultivate this um, continual desire to learn in ourselves? And then we're, you know, we're hoping our, if we're doing that as parents, teachers, that our kids will follow after that, that they'll see us. But there's this other side of it where we're, we're, you know, they're growing and learning continually and we're helping them or trying to help them to develop these individual habits too. Um, and so, um, we're, you know, we're hoping to try to create some kind of daily habits as much as possible. But I, I'm just thinking of a story when our, our youngest or sorry, our oldest was young and, I, at that point, I you know I felt like I was so drained, and, and I was. I mean, I, I just I couldn't get a lot done. But I, I don't know that I realized at the time with having my first child, um, and now we have four. So <laughs> so thinking about those days, um, as overwhelmed and tired as as I felt, I did have the opportunity at that point in life to read for hours a day with our oldest now our oldest child, and you know from when she was really tiny baby. This is when we this is when we only had two. Months. We had two kids, right? And you so well this before. Or, even even before had, them, yeah, but yeah, yeah even yeah. into having our, our, our first two are 20 months apart, mm-hmm. but even into having our second, um, there just, you know, there wasn't a lot to do. There were places <laughs> to go. And so I think back to that time and, um, how it was, it, in a way it was fairly simple and a little yeah. easier to, than it is now for us to, to create those, those habits. But I can see over time, all those hours that I spent at nap time when mm-hmm. there was nothing else to do or no other kids. And then, you know, um, at, at bedtime that I, I'm seeing how, how all those hours of reading has, you know, grown in, in my oldest daughter and in my second daughter and in all my kids, but it's just, it was, it's different now. And yeah. so I'm saying that to say that, you know, especially for those of you who are in that phase, like you might be thinking, Oh, I don't have time to hardly do anything. Well, but, or, or you're just or, too exhausted. I mean, yeah. you get to the end of yeah. the day, you're like, Oh my goodness. Or you might feel like I'm not really doing anything or right. this isn't, I'm just getting through and I'm mm. reading to my kids before their nap time and I'm reading to them before bedtime, but you, you actually are creating rhythms for them and, Mm -hmm. um, and that's beautiful. And it's, 
it's, you know, as your kids get older, that the seasons change and times change. And if they want to get involved in things, then you're just out more. And mm. so, um, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Actually, we discovered with our, with our first two, especially that a sequence was more important than a schedule. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is sometimes, you know, new parents or parents of young babies, Get real hung up on the, you know, at this time, okay, exactly two o'clock, we got to do this, and then four o'clock, you know, whatever, to each their own. But for us, we discovered the schedule was less important than the sequence of things. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. eat, wake, feed, whatever, you know, whatever. But in a similar way with the habits of reading, so yeah. that they just come to expect it every time before a nap, we're going to read. Mm-hmm. And all of our kids, I mean, they're like, well, yeah. are we going to read tonight? I, mean, I know, it's all, <laughs> I mean, in a sense, and if you want that to be your, right, your rhythm, right. it, your kids will eventually hold you to that our, our our youngest now is five and you know it's every night we're what are we reading how many you know I want to read this many books and so it's I'm so glad I'm so thankful for those nights when I'm really exhausted but right. sometimes I I wish we could just pass on it every <laughs> well, once in a while I mean we'll, we'll even do like a family movie night and think okay this is it after the movies because are off late. to bed yeah, yeah yeah and they'll say no 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 we, we have, have to, read to do our reading time it's like yeah. oh it's great anyway um, so what are some of the ways, babe, I mean, sorry, excuse me, Holly, that you yes. uh, have cultivated this? I mean, how do you create an atmosphere? I mean, isn't some of this about environment, too? I mean, some of it is about the, you know, building in the rhythms of time, but but, but some of it is about the, the environment in the home. And Yes, I think um, one of the things that I've aimed to do is to put, have books easily accessible in, in every room. And so that can go well, and other times it can be quite messy, but because uh, we have books everywhere. Um, but um, in our living room, for example, I have uh, like a wire basket and that's where we'll keep library books. So they kind of know this is where we get them from and this is where we take them back or at least they know that that's where they're theoretically, spo- theoretically that's where they're supposed to go. Um, they're there at least when they come home. Um, and then in each of the, some of the kids share and some have their own rooms, but, um, we try to have some kind of a place for both, whether it's a bookshelf or they have a bedside table, but somewhere where I can come in and stack stuff or they can, they can keep their books. So it's, it's always easy. And with our older girls, I'll say, you know, I would really love for you to carry a book with you wherever you go, whether right. it's from home or the library, because you never know when you're going to end up sitting somewhere waiting in the car or, you know, waiting for us to pick you up from a lesson or something. And so, so I think just the idea that it's easy and that it's accessible and well, say something. I, I was going to say <laughs> that it can be a dangerous habit having a kid bring a book with you everywhere. Cause I was that kid. That's how I grew up is carrying a book with me wherever I went. And I, I realized this was an odd habit one day at 22, <laughs> at 22 years old when I had my first job at the church, the same church that I'm working at now, wonder of wonders. But, but back then I brought a book with me to what we had an offsite staff meeting over lunch at the rest at a restaurant and it was a big group 10 or 12 of us sitting at this gigantic table at the restaurant and the conversation was kind of a lull we hadn't started our official meeting yet people were ordering their food so i opened up my backpack and started reading and everybody thought that was really odd so just be this should come with a warning label if you teach your kids to carry a book with them everywhere it could create some awkward uh, social situations also teach them to be you know emotionally yes aware uh, aware of others and what's the time for that but but I think I mean because we live in such a you know technological age of of advancement that and you know always new devices that's probably such a temptation that you know having having replacing maybe or having the book available instead of just something 
a, you know, a device that they could pick up easily. Well, the device thing is hard. And if I'm going to be yeah. honest, I'd say I, of anyone else in this household, I struggle with that the most. I mean, I come home from work and I've got my phone and I'm, you know, it were dinner, it's dinner prep time or cooking or whatever. And I'm, I'm checking my uh, one last email, one last text. So let me check this one thing on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And, and, and so it's hard because we don't actually want our kids to have those same habits but the mm-hmm. thing that scares me the most is what if they form their habits by watching my own habits, the things I'm not even right. aware of. And, and so, I mean, boy, this is as much about telling them what habits they should have as much as it is about me modeling the kind right. of habits they yep. should have. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you do, Holly, when, when you just have real little kids and, and maybe they're not even really reading? How do, you, how do you even help them pick up a stack or, you know, start a stack of mm-hmm. books and... Yeah, something that that you know, we've, I mean, something yeah. we've done is um, kind. Of, I guess this would be between. Well, I guess let's just go to nappers. Um, from when we our kids were nappers, in, is that nap- an age? That no, a, no, no, just when your kids are still napping. <laughs> okay, gotcha, I don't okay. know. That's it's totally probably perfect. not in the dictionary. <laughs> nappers. Um, but even when our kids were really little, I would just put um, like board books in their crib. Yeah. And I mean, you have to know that they'll get destroyed if if you're in that phase. <laughs> you probably know this already, but you know they'll. They'll eat them and, oh, you know, put their, you know, they'll, they'll get pretty ruined, but, you know, I kind of expected that. But I think from a very small age, they sort of learned this, that that was something they could pick up. So from the, t- you know, once they were able to actually sit up in their bed, they just started naturally gravitating to them because they were there. That's what I gave them. That's what was there. So they would flip through them and then um, kind of going from crib to, to their first bed, I would try to put stacks of, you know, books by them if they were going to take a nap or right before the nap or after the nap. And so before they could even read, I would just say, okay, this is going to be, you know, your rest time. If you're not sleeping, you can, you can rest or read is what I would say. Mm. And so they could grab the, you know, the stack and they could fly through it pretty quickly because they're not actually reading it, but it just gives them that initial practice of flipping the pages and looking at them. And then I think once some of those stories became familiar, they would start saying them. I can remember this just a couple years ago with Jane, you know, she would open a book and just start making up her own story or maybe one that was close to the close, one that yeah, she had she, heard. She'd remember a few key yeah. phrases and then supply the other words yeah, herself. So she's reading, she's reading right. to herself. And so all these things are little seeds or little baby steps, you know, towards them being it kind of a natural segue to them reading on their own. But all these, all these, I think sometimes it's, yeah, if you have young kids, all these little things along the road, it's sometimes hard to see, like, is this making a difference in their life or is this building toward anything? Or maybe they're fighting you on these things. You're trying to implement maybe some of the rhythms that I'm talking about or something, something close to that. And they don't want to do it, but I would just encourage you to, to, to keep at it and there's a, you know, there's a good chance at some point they'll, they'll follow along. Yeah, I mean, it raises yeah. an interesting point yeah. too about reading the same books over right. and over again. Yeah, I mean, we speak, have talked about yeah. that a little bit. I mean, bit. speaking yeah. of habits, it's not yeah. just uh, a, a rhythm in terms of when it happens during the day uh, or uh, the environment of all the mm-hmm. books, you know, laying around all over in stacks, <laughs> but also the rhythm of, of there's a sort of repetitiveness with with we're reading this, the, these same handful of books. And sometimes, I mean, for us, it's because our kids just gravitate toward it. Yes. Like, read that one again. Yes. You, as the parent, you're like, no, any book but that one again. Right. But then you do, and, and what's happening is they're, they're memorizing it. They're, they're putting it to they're memory. Internalizing and, and, some of yeah. the, that vocabulary. Yep. Um, 
And I think they have this sense of bonding with you it's over this familiar yeah. story. Probably those are the books they're going to remember most, um, you know, throughout their childhood into adulthood. I mean, that's what habits do, don't they? I mean, habits are ways of forming attachments and bonding. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, to just <laughs> if we're going to say something technical here, I mean, a, a sociologists would teach us that that every group of people form a bond of solidarity through rituals. You know, I mean, that, that's saying it in a very academic sort of way. But but any group, you study any group of people, you form bonds of solidarity through rituals, through shared rituals. And so really, one other one another lens to what we're talking about is, is habits are ways of forming solidarity, of creating bonds with your kids. Are we always read? Are we always sat in the living room? Are we always had this book and we always snuggled up and then you know so so mm-hmm. the, 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 it's not just oh this is a good habit because it reading is good you know you'll have a great vocabulary yeah, yeah. which you will yeah, but, but, but it's not the point right well i mean maybe it's part of the point but no. but 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 at the you know really you're right at the heart of it is mm-hmm. that you're making heart connections with your child you're forming bonds of solidarity that's that's a very mm-hmm. um, intrinsically human thing yeah, and I think, I mean, part of that, and we talk about this a lot on Storyform, but, you know, part of this idea of connecting with our kids through through great books and through literature is that we hope that by modeling this personal relationship with them that we'll be able to show them, you know, what, just maybe a piece of the love of yeah. the father and that relationship with him that we're not just doing mm. it just to have, hoping that somehow we'll have a good relationship, mm. you know, with our kids, but that really we're pointing them through our relationship, through connecting with them through books and beauty and the other things we talk about here that will, it will connect them to the Lord. Now that's a great point. So you're not just creating bonds with them as parent to child, but you're There's a bigger reason, a deeper reason behind that. That's really good. I like that. (laughs) Helping them form bonds with the Lord. Well, I mean, think about that because then, you know, let's say they're reading, you know, say the Narnia novels or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then later as an adult, when they read it, they're not only thinking about you and the times that they spent mm-hmm. reading those books with you, but they're also thinking about the Lord and the, and the memories. And, 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 and actually, those are some of the most uh, deep connections we make as human beings and as Christians is the ones that have human bonds and divine bonds kind of all interwoven. All together, yeah, yeah. Like, a, right. like a threefold cord. I, I like that. That's really nice. Well, what about, I mean, what about, um, you know, I mean, now as our kids have gotten older, we spend so much time in the car. Oh my goodness! We do driving them around, <laughs> dance, soccer. Yes, school. It's been, you know, it's been yeah. an adjustment to kind of get in those in those rhythms. But I've, um, despite the fact that I sometimes have a bad attitude that I try not to show to my children, I try <laughs> oh, to be positive yeah, about getting yeah. in the car again. Um, You're always I, positive, dear. Well, you know that's not true, <laughs> but um, I I don't want them. To, you know, I don't want to resent doing this because I really want to, mm-hmm. to take them to these places, but sometimes it's an inconvenience or there's other things that need to be done. But so because of some of that, I really try to make, you know, put my best effort forward to um, make it an, a time where we can connect. So some of the ways we do that is through conversation and is through me asking them questions um, that I have to intentionally think about. I think mm-hmm. it would be easy to just be passive. But another thing that we do um, quite often is we'll get into an audiobook together. So um, around Christmas time, we're I'll have pockets of the day where I'm I'll drop a child off at piano lesson. We'll have thirty minutes, and 
Um, I don't know about you where your kids are at, but for me, we, you know, our younger ones are climbing, wanting oh, to man. climb like monkeys around the car. <laughs> and so just moving sometimes is a little bit better than sitting anywhere for too long. And so I'll just drive for 20 minutes or 30 minutes kind of around our location. Um, so in December, we listened on audio to the best Christmas pageant ever. And we had some great discussions, you know, about, for those of you who know that story about the Herdman children, um, you know, being in the nativity play and, you know, what some of the other kids thought about that and, you know, who are these, these children are misbehaving and, you know, how can they be in this play? And anyway, they're in the ending. There's a, there's a sweet ending about them really coming to understand the story and want to believe that it's true. And you see little um, hints of them maybe moving toward change. And it's a really hilarious story. But anyway, the point is that it brought up a lot of discussion and talking about kids who misbehave in church and <laughs> how, you know, how can we, not that our kids, our kids could really, don't, yeah. <laughs> right, yes, right, right, they yeah, are right. sometimes the ones being right. sat down for misbehaving too, but, but sometimes they might know, you know, they might yeah. notice a child who's maybe never been to church sure. or, and you know, how can they invite them in and, and love them and help them and welcome them in church. And so that's just one example, but just the point is the, com- you know, just the conversations that come from literature and here we're just driving in the car and we'll stop and you know talk about just kind of the natural conversations that come from story i love it because it's like redeeming the time i mean you're making the most of these moments you're not saying oh we we just don't have time or you know you just find ways to do it and and i just a word to the dads that are listening you know Mm -hmm. i mean i i if if you're like me and you spend most of your day working outside the home you know maybe when you come back you're just exhausted and the last thing you want to do is is you know be really engaged and it, I, I confess there there's some days as a pastor where that is hard and and you know the, the last thing I want to do is, is talk some more <laughs> um, but but at the same time I know that these are crucial uh, years mm-hmm. crucial seasons you know uh, like a friend has always said to us you know parenting the days are long but the years are short mm-hmm. you know so you know this is it this is the game time you know this is so so for me one of the special ways. Uh, um, because Holly homeschools and is with them during the day, uh, evenings are often the times when I'm uh, reading to, to to them. At least a couple of them. Maybe we divide and conquer bedtime together. Right. <laughs> but, but but or sometimes when we do family read aloud, you know, I, I might be the one to do it. And it's you know it's great fun to do voices of the different characters, mm-hmm. and I can find ways to keep myself engaged by giving different characters different accents or different voices. And you know, now you have to oh, give them not, one not, of your accents. <laughs> No, no, no. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Our, our, our listeners from uh, other parts of the, you know, the, the UK, for example, may not appreciate my British oh, or well. English or Scottish. We might well, I, funny. I, I, I could, okay. couldn't possibly. All right, we'll no. pass on that. Then. <laughs> um, I'm also thinking about older kids as we're talking mm. about this rhythms and habits and. As you're, you know, for us as our kids have gotten older, they're developing a little bit more of their individuality mm. and their interests. And um, for our kids, you know, they have some activities that have, you know, are changing. And um, and so there's been different seasons when I could probably about a year ago or so um, with our older girls. After we got the little ones to bed, I sat down and read. I think one of the books we read through was one of the books in the Anne of Green Gables series. Mm. We read a couple mm. together at night, yeah. so. Um, I would just sit down and read a half a chapter, a chapter with them. And so my intention is that even as the kids get older, that I'll still, 
you know, read aloud with them. And, and we do read aloud uh, maybe simpler books in morning time, um, mm-hmm. our morning time with all the kids. But um, I think there are creative ways that we can we can figure out how to still engage with our, with our older kids. And um, I haven't done this yet, but a, f- a friend of mine had suggested with maybe with an older child there, you know, reading, reading stuff that's getting a little bit heavy or difficult to digest and stuff that you really want your older kids to engage in and think about and contemplate and wrestle with big ideas or, or hard things like, you know, um, race relations and immigration. And, you know, there's some more, you know, older teen novels that get into some of the stuff. Um, mm. Mm. and we can maybe read them together with our kids and yeah. talk about them. And so we're, we're just kind of starting to get into that phase, that phase with our kids. Mm. Um, but there's, I think there's creative ways to, to try to, to try to keep the habit going. Yeah. And so I think also if, especially for your, if you have a child who might be a bit more resistant to continue as they get older, maybe they think I only want to do what's required. I don't Mm. really want to read stuff that I don't have to read, but, but by us coming alongside and doing it with them, it's a way to engage with them, sort of help them continue in those habits. I, I think sometimes the challenge as Christians is, is we want God to work in a, in a way that sort of zaps us, you know, like, oh, I just want my child to just love reading. And, mm-hmm. or, or for so many things in life, we kind of think, well, you either love it or you don't, or you either have this passion or you don't. And, and even the way our culture talks, you know, like as if you're just sort of born with preset passions and then that's it. And I know there's some... There are some things that are, you know, designed by design, by God's design, has put certain things in us, whether there are certain um, competencies or capacities. I mean, I totally believe in that. At the same time, th- there are a lot of things that can be cultivated and that can be stewarded and can be, you know, and and maybe not. there are not as many things that are automatic or, or mm-hmm. supernatural, if you'd like. Uh, as we'd think. Uh, one of my favorite illustrations of this, N.T. Wright uses this in one of his books on character and virtue called After We Believe. But, you know, some years ago, there was that uh, event called the Miracle on the Hudson. Mm-hmm. And it was when that American Airlines uh, plane was struck by, uh, you know, some some geese, I think. And, and of course, there was the movie of it called, called Sully, which I have not seen. But but the next day they called it the miracle in the Hudson because they made this water landing and and it, and it you know was sort of unprecedented in in commercial aviation and so it, it yeah there was something miraculous about it at the same time what's fascinating is to press in a little deeper to look at Sully's life I mean here we are in Colorado Springs where the Air Force Academy is well Sully was a young 16-year-old when he first learned how to fly. And then when he got to the Air Force Academy, I think he was like one out of only 12 freshmen to be admitted into the glider program. And then the next year, he was actually one of the glider instructors. I mean, definitely someone who had been doing this a long time. After he graduated, he was a fighter pilot. And, I mean, learning to deal with high-stress situations and then was a commercial pilot. I mean, I think by the time the the quote-unquote miracle on the Hudson happened, he'd been flying for... 40 some years or something like that. And so I think, I think there's something here to think about. I think there's something here to think about 
what what really is the miracle of oh all of a sudden wow look at this my child loves the lord or my child loves the bible or whatever you well okay maybe a miracle is when the holy spirit just goes against the the grain and and overrides what we would have expected or maybe Maybe how the Holy Spirit works is that he doesn't override our habits. He empowers us to form good ones and empowers us to form the right ones. And I'm, I'm not saying that reading is the right. I mean, look, there, there are many, many habits that, that are possible here. But mm-hmm. because of the way our scriptures are given to us as a book, there, there is something about reading and meditating that maybe begins with stories, but eventually translates into even the reading of the Bible uh, and, and, and all of that. Yeah, I I love that. That story is such a great example and kind of giving us the giving us the inspiration to yeah. to to keep going in in all sorts of habits of life and believing God's working in yeah. the midst of that, but that we can set a foot forward on a on a path. And maybe it doesn't maybe it needs to be said. Um, you know, doesn't shouldn't be taken for granted is. One of the you know best ways to help our, our children prepare for a, a lifelong journey with God is to help them read the Bible at an early age. I mean, speaking of habits of right? reading, yeah. you know, it's not just reading. You were talking about a study recently. Yeah, that, yeah. Lifeway just did this long study. Mm-hmm. It was 2,000 uh, adults who, had ha- who have adult children. Uh, and talked about okay, so so what are the factors that you know these parents did with their children when they were younger, and and that have helped them that have become predictors of a flourishing spiritual life mm-hmm. as adult. And the number one uh, habit that was a predictor of healthy spiritual life as an adult was learning to read the Bible as a child. So all of these habits, yeah, it's great. Have habits set aside time to read, set aside you know. But but maybe it should be said that chief among them is setting aside time to read the Bible mm-hmm. every day, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And one of yeah one of the things that Glenn and I are trying at the beginning of this year with our two older girls is to read. There's a Bible called the Immersed Bible, and um, it's a book that is meant the way it's set up without the um, headings chapters and the and chapters verses. and the verses and the, yeah, the numbering system. Um, it, it, when you look at the pages, it looks like the pages of a novel mm-hmm. and, um, they're put together by same author. So, you know, like the Luke and Acts, Acts are, are together, together. Yeah, John, um, John's gospel, John's letters. So yeah. I've, as we've, as we've begun and, um, I've finished Luke now, I really, my experience really has been, I think what the hope of the, of the team that put it together, um, is, is that you, you do just immerse yourself a bit more. Yeah. You're, you're not, I think I I notice that I don't stop as often because I think, oh, well, this is supposed to be the end of that section, so I guess I can I can stop now. But um, I think it's been a neat um, thing to do with our like. The, so we're all reading into the four yeah. of us are reading independently. Our older girl, or, yeah, our older kids. But us, then yeah. we will come together um, to talk about it, and and that's the yeah. design of the program mm-hmm. is. And we'll put this in the show notes. Yeah, if you want to yeah, find that, or look into this Bible a bit more. Is they kind of treat it like a book club? So you read the Bible not as a something to study, but as a story to immerse yourself in. Mm-hmm. So you kind of read it not literally, but literarily. You know, they, they call it the reading Bible. Yeah, yeah, like a literature. So a literature approach. Yeah, and not that these stories are not true or anything like that, but but. But but by immersing yourself in the story, so even when you when you gather to have a discussion, uh, it's question. It's, it's the same, you know, four questions each time. Um, what stood out to you? Uh, what was troubling, troubling or confusing? What did you notice about God? And then what needs to change in your own life? And so, 
Uh, I mean, honestly, many of the, at least a couple of those questions can apply to whatever literature book you're reading. But so mm-hmm. to be able to approach the Bible that way is this massive, beautiful story. Uh, takes us out of analytical mode or even Bible nugget mode mm-hmm. and helps us to say, okay, this is this is just part of the habit of reading and immersing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for me, to be honest, like I'm, I'm very tempted, you know, to pick up literature for you know, like whatever book I'm sort of in and I want to keep going in that. Um, and so it's, it's been, you know, a, a, a great goal of a rhythm for me to try to, make it, you know, my goal that I'm going to, I'm going to read this, this portion of the immersed Bible every day before I pick up anything else. Cause, cause sometimes I would definitely like to do that or I'm tempted to do that. And, um, do you want to say anything else, Glenn, before we wrap up? No, I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I just have a couple things I want to share with you before we, before we close on the podcast. Um, many of you listen to Kristen Kill on the At Home with Sally podcast with Sally Clarkson and Kristen Kill. Um, and we're all part of Whole Heart Ministry, Whole Heart Ministries, and we're all on a team together and minister together and are, are all connected. So Story Formed is basically a ministry initiative of Whole Heart. Um, Kristen's a dear friend, and she recently wrote a book called Finding Selah. And you can find that um, really anywhere where books are sold, but it's on Amazon for um, around $11 and $9, around $9.99 on Kindle. So you can go to her website if you'd like to find out more specific information about it. It's findingsela.com. Um, so it, yeah, she's really writing about um, pausing and resting and um, kind of, you know, she, she talks about her own family being stretched sort of beyond her capacity. Kristen lived for many years in Manhattan and just became really exhausted and depressed and desperate. And so she really shares a lot about her story um, in the book. And then she, she found that when she began reading the Psalms that, that she found words for her cries for help and um, praise. So these, you know, these um, cries for help and praise all, all wrapped up in the Psalms. And so um, for those of you, maybe, maybe this topic, you know, sparks something in you. So I would highly encourage you to, to go out and grab a copy of this. Um, and then also we would love for you to go to iTunes and write a review or even just give us a star rating. Um, we're so grateful to so many of you who've already done that. Um, Jamie and I are feel so encouraged just by your reviews, your little notes that you write us on Facebook. It, they, they mean so, so much. I can't tell you how much it means when we hear from you because obviously we're sitting here, you know, so often in, in our homes with the microphone and, you know, we're not seeing your faces. And, and so we love it when you, um, you know, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook or through, through the blog. Um, so anyway, we would love for you to, to leave us a review and that just sort of gets in the iTunes algorithm. The more that we're reviewed, it helps story form show up more. And we hope that more, more people will, um, will see it and hear about it. So thanks for listening. And again, we're so excited to get this season two, um, off to a great start. And so, um, our, I hope you look forward to our next uh, podcast, which kind of flows into, kind of naturally flows into the second part of this, which is if you find that you have kids who just don't like to read, what do we do when our kids say, I don't like to read? So you can expect that one to come out in a couple weeks. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes. 
and like us on our Storyformed Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.